Welcome, everybody, come one, come all, to an exciting new chapter of Kingdom Hearts by Hearts. It's a bit of a bit of a landmark episode, uh, as you can guess from the title. Of course, we are going to talk about the legendary, the uh, the beloved, the uh, the confused, the misunderstood, <laughs> the all that and more. The Kingdom Hearts Part Two. <laughs> yes! It's gonna be a very good time. We'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll sing, we'll do a lot of singing. <laughs> Quite the journey ahead of us. So, I think we should just kind of dive right in because we have lots to cover in this first episode. Hell but yeah! Before we dive in, dive in. Uh, let's just take a quick old gander onto the game corner. As always. Mm-hmm. So, if you just want to jump straight to the Kingdom Hearts 2 discussion, you can check out the description for the handy-dandy timestamps and just jump ahead. But, as always, we have good gamer thoughts, so stick around and listen to them if you're looking for something new to play, or if mm-hmm. maybe you played something we played and you're like, huh, I agree. Or, I disagree. Oh! It's a good time. <gasps> I guess I'll just go quickly, because... Uh, no surprise, I'm still playing Final Fantasy X, and it's still good. <laughs> I don't have too much to say. I'm about 18 hours in. Oh, no, I was going to say you texted me saying you got to the infamous uh, Titus laughing scene. Oh, yeah, Big that's F- been a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've, I've hit the scene! And I was like, yep! Well, yeah. yeah, I was like six hours in or so. Yeah, I'm about 18 hours in now. And I, I was just checking a walkthrough earlier just to get a sense of where I'm at. And I look, it looks like I'm about half, a little over halfway through. So that's okay. exciting. Sounds about right. And yeah, it's a good time. I am surprised how weak I feel in a lot of fights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I feel like there's some grinding in order. Because um, yeah, like certain monsters, like they take more than one hit sometimes like three hits and it's like well these are just mob fights i should be able to get through these pretty quickly and then like um like every now and then you'll get like a pretty big monster in a random encounter yeah. so um yeah i think i have to do some grinding because yeah the way the sphere grid works like you only upgrade your strength like in very particular spots so it's not just like a flat level up as you know where like oh you're this much more stronger it's just kind of like every character levels up differently so like you have to like level up in batches to like really notice a difference where like you save up like 10 spheres and then it's like okay now i'm much powerful whereas if it's like two or three like you know all those upgrades might just be health related you know what i mean yeah i was i found what i thought was going to be a good spot because it's right by one of the rest centers where you can just save up and heal yeah but uh then i moved a little too I took uh, one step more than I should have, and I entered this boss fight, and then, like, a whole cutscene, and then, like, the story, like, completely got flipped on its head, and now I'm, like, on the run, and I'm like, okay, well, so much for that. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that'll be my next sort of move of, like, once I get to another area like that, I'll just spend, like, 30 minutes or an hour grinding. Yeah, it's fun. Um, The story is getting interesting, and... Yeah, I'm just going to do the main story, because from what I understand, this is, like, the biggest, or slash grindiest Final Fantasy endgame, or post-game, I should say, um, aside from, I'm guessing, like, 14, where, like... (laughs) Literally. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like the celestial weapons for every character, like just take like dozens of hours to max out. And there's like whole monster arena and like all these super bosses and like maxing out the sphere grid for every character. I'm like, okay, that's all a bit much. <laughs> None of that's out of the way. I can, I can feel at peace just mainlining the, the, uh, the critical path, if you will. That sounds good. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that is pretty much that. That's the tweet. Yeah, I'm not really... I don't really want to do all the side stuff because it's just too much. Like, I played 10 minutes of Blitzball, and I was like, well, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me a very distinct, like, how important is Blitzball? And I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. And also, last week when we recorded, we recorded a day before the 20th anniversary of yeah, Final Fantasy X. It was so Very cool. uncanny was, timing. Exactly. Because yeah. you're we like, oh, it's probably 20 years old, right? 2001? Yep. Oh, so it's 20 years from the Japanese release for those who like maybe feel off because it definitely came out the end of 2001 for us and the rest of the world. But uh, damn, yeah, it was it was perfect timing. Uh, yep. It was totally planned. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I have fond memories of Blitzball, but I also remember sucking complete ass at Blitzball. So yeah. Well, apparently like um, the first game, which is like like main plot plot like you have to play it i guess the game just sets you up to be really terrible because it's like oh you're the underdog so like it's like from there you can like get better players and like grow and then it's much easier but like it was just a really horrible introduction that like turned me off the whole yeah it's not the best like i i probably tried it as a kid going forward just because of the aesthetic of underwater soccer basically i think it looks really dope but in yeah. turn, in execution, yeah, it's uh, it's not that fun. Because I thought it'd be like more active, but it's like weirdly turn based, and it's, it's all it's like a turn based sports game. Stats. Yeah, so I was like, this is this isn't it. And then it's like, oh, you can like learn abilities for your players. So I'm like, okay, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just beelining it and yeah, have a pretty That's good valid, time. But- so yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me this week. So I'll hand you the mic. Oh, thank you. So I've also been playing pretty much a singular, actually not a singular game. Uh, I'm still playing uh, Fire Emblem uh, Echoes: Shadows of Valentia. I feel like I'm near the end game because unlike other ones, unlike other Fire Emblems, like it's like oh here's just the next chapter, the next chapter. Um, there's a little map I can move around in. Well, actually, some games. The unconventional Fire Emblems do have a little map you can roam around. Like, you know, you go to this town, and they took very much like a Mario Party board game of like, here's this space, and there's the next space, and then that space, and so on and so forth. But I, I see the, the like, I'm not sure if it's actually the final boss. Uh, probably not, because uh, I forget the Bioshock thing. It's like, a, there's always a man, a something in a lighthouse. In Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. there's always, there's always uh, a Fire Emblem. Uh, an evil boss and the dragon that's really the true boss at the end of the game that's controlling them so yeah uh, i'm waiting for the uh, final dragon to reveal itself but yeah i feel like i'm my party members are starting to get into like their second or third class so probably the class they'll finish the game as uh it, i feel like it's very interesting so it's in fire emblem usually you get to level 20 and then your characters will max out and then if you give them a seal, like they and they vary per game and per entry, obviously. But you give them a seal, uh, usually like an advanced seal to level up their class. You can give them a different ones to kind of go into 
another class, like, because besides this game, to my knowledge, you get skills by leveling up other classes. So usually I felt like I've always, like, made an opponent, made a unit like their advanced class, or like, oh, maybe you'll go to get these skills and then come back to this class so you can become this thing. But I don't, I don't get too crazy. There's definitely a lot of min-maxing when it comes to Fire Emblem. I just kind of go with the flow, which for this game was actually interesting because you start the game with some villagers. For those new villagers in Fire Emblem, they, uh, they start off with very, very low stats, but their stat growth per level up is very nice. So you start with like five villagers and it's like, I can be whatever I want to be. So I was racked with indecision out of the gates, but uh, mm-hmm. I feel like now I'm I'm kind of really in the groove of things. But oh, but yeah, to get back to leveling up, um, in in Echoes, well, I should say in Shadows, where uh, it hasn't appeared in Fire Emblem at all since, there are dungeons. So there's, besides, you know, Fire Emblem's like a strategy game. Uh, there are these parts where I just go dungeon crawling. And mind you, like, you you have encounters, and then it, then it turns into a map where you, where you fight enemies on a grid. But there's a lot of uh, dungeon delving, which I'm kind of into. And I feel like most of the dungeons have an idol, and the idol is where you can do all your class changes. So it's very interesting that class changes are free. I don't have to pay anything. I just have to go to an idol that are usually found at like the lowest level of a dungeon, though. So, you know, pick and choose. But uh, yeah, the dungeon delving is something that's new. I guess it is new to Fire Emblem as of this game, which is, what, 2015, perhaps? I think Fates was 2015, so Echoes might be a year, two years after that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. And the other title I picked up, I shouldn't say picked up this week, I just downloaded it because it's free, is Pokemon Unite. Oh, yeah. That was the big mm-hmm. one that just came out. Yes. So, for those who don't know, that is the Pokemoba. It is on Switch as of this, as of us recording, obviously. And it's coming to mobile devices in September. I believe is what uh, they've said. This comes, and so I'm speaking for a person who hates MMOs and is bad MMOs. A person who hates MOBAs and is bad MOBAs. I do like Unite. I can say that much. Um, part of it is, of course, the Pokemon aesthetic. The second part is, I think it takes out. It's still MOBA at heart, but I think it takes a lot of things I hated about MOBAs. But uh, Unite takes a lot of those aspects out. I think, like a a standard match, a standard five v five, has a ten minute time limit. So you go until the timeline is Oh, over. cool. Yes. That's, that was my first of like, oh, I'm not going to... Uh, and what was my friend complaining about? I have a friend who plays League on and off. And I think you can only surrender after 15 minutes of gameplay has passed. So like, if, in, like in the first 5-10 minutes, you're like, oh, we're getting stomped. Mm-hmm. You have to suck it up. So, oh, gosh. Although I, yeah. I, I was... I, yeah, actually... I, Right before this, I was told that uh, if someone drops or, like, in the, in the first few minutes, if something bad happens, you can surrender or, like, you know, choose to forfeit the match. But other than that, you have to wait, like, 15 to 20 minutes. I'm just like, no, I, no, no thank you. I don't want to suffer. And to be fair, playing, I played Unite. Unite's been up for a few days at this point. There are some matches that are halfway through. I'm like, we are losing. But uh, I've also had matches like that where we can come back if we just bash our heads together and figure something out. So it's been fun. Again, all the characters are Pokemon and I'm a sucker for Pokemon and it's free. So I at least told myself I'll try it out and I am liking it so far. You have like 
all-around characters and speedsters and attackers and supports and defenses. So it's been trying to learn each character is kind of cool. Everybody has their own moves, obviously. They have their own passive and their own ultimate ability. Um, but yeah, the past few days just kind of been getting used to the game and everything. But uh, I still enjoy it. It's not, it's not you know, Peachy Keen Sunshine. There are games where uh, an anger rises to the surface. Uh, but I feel like I'm still, uh, for the most part, still enjoying the game. So I'll uh, keep you updated if I do stick around with it. But so far, uh, Unite's been pretty fun. Uh, a game you want to play with, a game you play with friends, definitely. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, doing this solo and this being like, okay, and then there's four randos that completely F off and do whatever the hell they want. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm like kind of interested in it but yeah i don't really do like team games because it's just just too much it's just not my not my scene <laughs> exactly but, yeah eh, it's free so maybe i'll check it out i don't know yeah. awesome lots of cool stuff so i think we should just get on to the main attraction mm-hmm. we're finally here we're here uh could you could you tell that Kingdom Hearts 2 is my favorite Kingdom Hearts game? Mm. It's uh, many people's favorite Kingdom Hearts game, which I'm sure we will get into plenty of that. But before we could tell you that story, I have to tell you this story. What? <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to, before we like actually start talking about, talking about it, just wanted to kind of uh, discuss the, uh, the, the pre-release hype. Because, yeah, no, Kingdom Hearts 2 was, like, a really huge deal before it came out. And I was there. I was on the ground floor, man. <laughs> these kids these <laughs> days, they don't know. They don't know. Back in my day when we only had two Kingdom Hearts games to hold us over. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just real briefly, I'll kind of give my, my background. So, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 2 is the first game I was, like, ever really hyped about. Where I, like, followed it very religiously. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's probably the most excited I've ever been for a video game, frankly. So, let me take you back to that magical time of 2005. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess I first found out it was a thing in a magazine. <laughs> you know, one of those things. It was like probably yeah, like crazy. EGM or... Mm-hmm. It was like from the very first trailer, which was like, I guess like beta-ish, where like... It's the scene of... It was like a screenshot from it, and it's the scene where they're like in Hollow Bastion from Kingdom Hearts 1, and then the organization members show up, and it's like the Great Crest area. Uh, Mm -hmm. Look up the trailer if you're not familiar, but it's like unused footage. There's actually a ton in that trailer, because, you know, that area doesn't actually appear in Kingdom Hearts 2. So, yeah, it it was very early. But it did show Sora in his fancy new outfit, and I was like, oh my, what is... What is this now? <laughs> what a lad we have here. Yeah, so it was very exciting. And then from there, like, that was, like, the earliest memory I have of, like, really using the internet. So that's how I, like, started finding out more and more about the game, like, IGN, uh, lots of Kingdom Hearts fan sites. And it's just, like, a rabbit hole, basically, of, like, wait, I can, like, follow all this news about the game and, like, 
see like all the new yeah. trailers coming out and like all the new interviews with Namora and oh my gosh. So yeah, I was pretty, pretty heavy into it. I would like join like discussion boards and forums and like you know, yeah. all the theorizing, all the like oh like I hope they do this in the game, like oh but what about this and like like all the worlds getting revealed like one at a time and be like, Oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe they're doing this. It was awesome. But um <laughs> I didn't understand that like Japanese like the difference between like the international versions and like the Japanese version of like how there'd be like mm-hmm. a disparity in the release date because I remember when I first saw it it was like coming I think it was I think it released in Japan on December 22nd 2005 so sounds about right yeah yeah so I saw that release date I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh that's like really soon but uh December came and (laughs) went and no Kingdom Hearts on the Walmart shelf (laughs) (gasps) say it ain't so papa yeah so there was a minute there where we didn't know when it was coming out in the U.S. And so it eventually did come out, I believe it was March 26th. So four months later, which was a super long time when you're um, uh, like 12 years old. Yeah. But, you know, the Japanese version was out by then, so I was weak. And I basically watched everything before (laughs) the English version came out. So, like, I, like, spoiled a ton of stuff for myself and just watched a ton of gameplay. So it's like, I need it. I can't wait. But um, <laughs> it's fine. It all worked out. But yeah, I remember after that, it was like the big question was one, when are we going to get the English release date? And two, when are we going to get the first English footage? Because look, we every like all the tra- the trailers had been Japanese. So it was like, what is like what are the voice actors going to sound like? Oh, I hope it's all good. And so like I remember the first time we heard English footage. <laughs> It was, like, this weird feature on MTV.com. They had, like, this weird little oh my God. game corner. <laughs> and, <gasps> yeah, it was, like, an exclusive, like, first ever Kingdom Hearts English footage. And, yeah, we got everything. Like, we got to hear, like, Sora's voice actor, and obviously he sounds way different. And I was like, oh, my, that's, uh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so it's funny now, like, as I play <laughs> through the game, like, there are a few lines that just stand out so much to me because they yeah. were in that first look. <laughs> like, I think when Sora first meets Pooh, that was in it. Um, mm-hmm. They showed, like, a cutscene from the world that never was with, like, Riku, like, full-body Riku. So it was, like, this huge oh. spoiler. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> ay, ay, good times. So, yeah, it was awesome. Obviously, it came out eventually, and it was a very exciting day. I remember going to Walmart, and, uh, you know, back then, we didn't have our online orders, and it was very hit or miss if, like, your game would actually be in stock, so I had been burned a few times before, but, um, yeah, I was really nervous, like, oh, like, what if they don't have it, but, um, no, they had it. You've done me dirty before, don't you do it again? Mm -hmm. They had it, but, like, it was, like, on the bottom shelf, and, like, all the cases were on their sides, so, like, Mm -hmm. like, you'd only see the spine. So it wasn't, like, front and center, like, Kingdom Hearts 2. Like, you had to, like, know what you were looking for, which is weird. You had to dig for that. Pretty much. Yep, got my copy, rifed through the instruction manual on the ride home, and then I started. And this is, like, how burned in this memory is my mind. I remember exactly what we had for dinner last that night. Mm-hmm. It was uh, country fried steak. <laughs> 
So my mom was making that while I like started playing the game, and then I had to take a break to eat, and I got to play more of the game. But um, yeah, no, it was hype. It was a very special time. There was many highs, there was many lows, but yeah, it was, all this to say is like Kingdom Hearts 2 was very formative of just like my whole video game taste of like how I follow game news and how I like get excited about things and like, yeah, no, it was just like the impetus for everything. So yeah, very special time, very, very fond memories. So yeah. As as much as I feel about Kingdom Hearts 2 present day, which is good, but not as, quite as fondly as everyone else, eh, I'd say great. I mean, yeah, it's a great game. But, um, like, I'll, I'll, I'll always have that, that pre-release excitement. Like, I remember dreaming about That's the game special. of, like, oh, my gosh. Because, oh. <laughs> like, um, one of the pieces that stood out to me from, like, all the trailers was uh, the fight against... Storm Rider? I forget the name, but the the Dragon Heartless and uh, Land of Dragons, Mulan's World. It's just really epic. Um, so I remember dreaming about like that fight in particular and being like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good times. Uh, so yeah, what about you? What's your background? Uh, <laughs> quite different. So I found out Kingdom Hearts 2 was coming out probably late 2005, and I was like, oh, sweet, I love Kingdom Hearts. And I never beat the Game Boy Advance game. And I think probably the summer of the following year, in 06, I was like, Kingdom Hearts 2 is out. It's been out for a while. I should buy Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. So I didn't, uh, one, like the, the area that I come from, I wouldn't say we're... Mm, like, back then, we didn't really have... I don't know, there was nobody really into gaming. It, like, it had to be something popular. It had to be, like, a Pokemon or, like... Yeah. Something that the masses would eat up. So... And I remember, because we come from a, from a small place, so games had to be... Impo- like, every game had to be imported there. So I missed out on a few series, or franchises, I should say, at this point, because... They would either bring in only a very few and be like, that's it, that's done, we're not buying anymore. Or they would, uh, they wouldn't bring them at all because, oh, this game probably won't sell. If I remember going to the game store in our, in our one town, well, not our one town, but our biggest town that we have. And I think I got one of the last few copies at leisure time. I was just like, you guys have Kingdom Hearts 2? They're like, yeah. Julie. Game section with all the games. <laughs> Nice. So I went there, and there were there were maybe like three or four copies left, and I I took it off the shelf, and I bought it that day. Probably probably my mom paid for it. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember have any vivid memories, but I remember I probably didn't have money back then. Yep, it was two thousand six. What about thirteen? Actually, I probably did have a little bit of money to my name at that point. Mm, Start big spender, doing odd jobs and stuff. Mm. But yeah, I remember taking Kingdom Hearts two home, and I I had learned about it through a friend. It's funny because I mentioned this friend in a different context probably yesterday. Uh, growing up, you have that one friend who's like, let's come over and play. And it turns into watching them play mm-hmm. for hours on end. Yep. It was that person. And he was playing Kingdom Hearts 2. And nice. he was probably in the ho- Hollow Bastion. So probably a few hours in, past the Roxas part. And I was like, oh, it's Kingdom Hearts 2. And that's what kind of like 
sold me. It's, I, I hadn't seen any footage or any pre-release. Uh, if I did, it was very, very minimal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just kind of jumped in and I was like, oh, look at it. It exists. It's so pretty. And I went to go purchase it for myself. I, uh, As I say this, it's pretty much my entire spiel, but someone, and unfortunately I don't have the credits, there's someone who recut a KH3, or there's a lot of iconic, I'm going to say a lot of, there's an iconic Kingdom Hearts 2 trailer that someone recut Kingdom Hearts 3's promo to look like recently, so I saw that, Ooh, and I was like, nice. this is probably like right before we started to play KH2, so I was like, okay, cool, it's a, there was a side-by-side, but then I went back and I watched that original KH2 trailer that it pulled, you know, pulled all of its inspiration from, mm-hmm. and I, and then from there I learned of that trailer's infamy and like oh this was you know this was it was the thing that said Kingdom Hearts 2 is real it's coming was it like the very launch trailer that played uh, uh, with Hikari as the background music I believe so okay so I'd have to, I'd have to look it up yeah that's the check. the beta trailer with like all the like cutscenes basically and yeah okay. it's good stuff We've come full circle. I now know what trailer you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I remember for me, when it when it was really made real, was when the commercials started airing and being like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> so good. So, yeah. We got our games. We uh, put them in our PS2s. We probably sat on the floor because the controllers couldn't reach that far. Definitely. And booted it up, and what we were greeted with was, oh, it's like it's like the game knows it knows that you've been waiting this long. So like, <laughs> just um, just the menu screen, just like, it's just like, oh yes, it's finally happening. Cause uh, we're greeted with a a new rendition rendition of Dearly Beloved, which mm-hmm. is probably my favorite version. Birth by Sleeps is really good. And then Dream Drop Distance and Melody Memory are both fun for being different, but like in terms of just overall quality, probably KH2s is my favorite. And yeah, it ha- yeah. it has that like slow build up even before you get to the menu when you like see like the the opening opening credits. So yeah, yeah, it's just like oh yes, you can feel it, you can feel it. <laughs> it's building. We get our menu. And then, ha ha ha, this time I knew, I knew better, I knew to wait. <laughs> um, and then we get that sweet, sweet menu trailer with the instrumental version of Sanctuary. It's a really hype clip show of, you know, all the exciting scenes to come, obviously, good stuff there. And then when it's over, you are finally greeted with your new game start. So, what difficulty are you playing on? This was a debate for me, and I had to do a little research. But at the end of the day, I stuck with normal. Mmm. Okay. So I debated going into Proud. I was like, I have played Cage 2 enough times. This, this, is, this is a comfort game for me. I love going back and playing Cage 2. But I think to get... get Because we're going to get into all the nooks and crannies by the, by the end of our season of Cage 2. I didn't want to... I didn't want to hit yeah. any personal, like, huge roadblocks, so I uh, I was on the cusp of choosing proud mode, but I ended up defaulting to normal mode just so there wouldn't be any very aggravating parts. Coming coming off the back of calm, also, 
uh, affected that decision and how willing am I to put myself through the ringer yet again? So that's fair. Go with normal. I'll say Kingdom Hearts Two is definitely on the Acer side. Like, I think he would have been fine on Proud because yeah, he just get really really strong in this game. <laughs> um, so I yeah, I definitely. bumped it up to critical. Oh ho ho! Real gamer. I've done a few critical playthroughs, so it's I'm used to it. But um, the all the extra stuff, I I don't know how far I've gone with all that in critical mode. So that'll be interesting to compare and contrast. But for main game, anyways, yeah, I've I'm pretty confident at this point. Um, it's all it's right. it's definitely tougher early game. There are definitely a few roadblocks where you're like, oh, but um. Yeah, well, we'll get into it. Oh, I can think of some. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, so you choose your your difficulty setting. You choose whether you want vibration on or not, and then we're ready to go in. So it's intro cutscene time, baby. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yep. So we get our new theme, which is sanctuary, and hell yeah. Yeah, similar to dearly beloved. This is probably my favorite of the Utada themes. Because, I mean, one, yep. again, it's it's the uh, probably the least played. You know, obviously Kingdom Hearts 3 songs are also not quite as prominent, but they were pretty popular once Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. So, like, I, I do feel like they're, like, a little more top of mind for a lot of people. But um, Sanctuary is just always, always a banger. Yeah. It's just so good. So we get our, our intro. Well, first we get our little opening monologue. Much like um, I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Except now, it's a scattered dream like a far-off memory. A far-off memory like a scattered dream. I want to line the pieces up. Yours and mine. And mine. (laughs) Which is basically alluding to um, just chain of memories of, like, literally scattered memories. And wanting to... uh, Yeah, we're... Sync up oh. and remember who the heck Kyrie is. <laughs> exactly. Naminé is in there with her, her her doing her thread work on Sora's memories. Being like, ah, oh, I gotta stitch this crap together. Yep. So, yeah, we get our cutscene, which is basically a recap of Kingdom Hearts 1 and Chain of Memories. And, yeah, right out the gate, if you didn't play Chain of Memories, like, Moses and Shul will be like, wait, what? Wait, who? What's going on? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but So here's the thing, because we just came off the back of Recom, I was like, how much... Well, well, one, the KH1 part of the intro is much longer, obviously, because it's a much longer game. Mm-hmm. But for the Recom, I was like, are these all the important story beats? I mean, like, it's the two important story beats out of, like, Pretty the much. three or four of them. <laughs> so good enough. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, to be fair, thinking of, like, thinking from the back end part, like, it's enough to get got you caught up, like... We see Ra- yeah. Sora and Marluxia. We see Re- Dark Mode Riku fighting Ansem, and we see uh, Sora going into his uh, nappy pod. So yeah. like, you know where you know where it ends at least. You may not know where how we got there if you didn't play Chain of Memories, but you understand where we are now. Yeah. So yeah, obviously iconic opening, but um, well, <laughs> I guess before it gets into all the recap stuff, we uh we see Kyrie and Riku get uh, Thanosed. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Oh. And Sora dies in. And then we get a recap. And yeah, I just like mm-hmm. how you get to see Donald and Goofy all CGified. Because yeah, we didn't get that in the last game. So that's cool. 
That's true, because I, I went back and I watched the KH1 cutscene. You know, it's it's not even really, like, a thing to, things that will come. It's kind of a mix of... I don't know. It's really its own thing because it's yeah. sort of setting a precedent, but it's not telling you a story yet. Exactly. Yeah. Other highlights. Um, we get a very brief little sneak peek at. Uh, it's gonna say adult, but um, I guess it would be fifteen-year-old Kyrie. So it's a nice way of showing that there's been a passage of time. Also, she's got yeah. shiny new zippers. <laughs> So many zippers. And then the part where they're they're running up the stairs and then the song kind of breaks down and we get all those those trippy backwards lyrics. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I like how you get little glimpses of Mickey or Riku like running on the hop, like beneath the stairs. And then you get just the, the faintest little glimpse of... Mickey in the organization coat running with uh, Riku, like, right at the last shot before it cuts to the next scene. So, that's just an always oh. fun, always been a fun part of me. It's like, oh, it's a Mickey sighting. It's, like, literally a hidden Mickey. <laughs> I've also literally a hidden Mickey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, we get, um, after the nappy pod, when Sora gets, uh, sent back to, uh, Simpler days on the island, and he's hovering over the ocean. Does uh, does that uh, does that shot look familiar to you? Does that ring any bells? That's now that you, s- it it does. And so the minute you said that, I'm like, I feel, I feel like I know where you're going. But now there's a, a another part of me that's screaming. Do you know where he's going? <laughs> it's uh, the pretty much the exact same shot from um, another side, another story. At the very end, ah! you see Sora floating over the ocean, yeah. and you're like, what is this? What's happening? Oh. So, yeah, we're already getting a little breadcrumbs of like, oh, I see what's happening here. And there'll be much, much more of that later in the game of direct callbacks to those secret movies. So, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's almost like those movies had to allude to something. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we get the uh, the main trio laying on the beach. And then Sora has a baby (laughs) wearing cowboy pants. He births this gaucho from nothing. (laughs) And yeah, it's uh, basically the exact same ending as the Kingdom Hearts 1 opening where he's falling through the ocean and he stumbles upon his, uh, I guess, pillar of awakening. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the big question is, who the heck is this kid? What's going on? This is Sora. Mom, I'm scared. <laughs> um, so, mm, yes, who indeed? So that was another thing during the the pre-release days where we didn't know who this kid was. So he was so affectionately dubbed the blonde-haired kid by the community, <laughs> which was shortened yeah. to BHK. <laughs> <laughs> So that was his name for quite a while. And then we found out it was Roxas. And then we found out, oh, that's just Sora with an X. So it's Roxas time, baby. It's time to dive into the actual intro of the game, which is quite, quite infamous these days. Although I guess every Kingdom Hearts game kind of goes through the motions of like people hate it. People love it. People are kind of neutral on it. Um, So Mm -hmm. back when this game first came out, the Roxas intro was... Pretty hated. <laughs> Most people weren't into it. Um, 
But then it kind of came back around in recent years, and people were like, well, actually, if you really think about it, it's good. Mm. And I think now people are, like, pretty balanced on it. But, um, yeah, we'll we'll get into it as we kind of go along. But I'll just say, like, you do not play as Sora for the first two or three hours in this game. He plays Roxas. It's like the inverse of Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. It's what people wanted from Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Of your, um, your Raiden for most of the game. Yep. There's, a, there's no swap back to Snake. Mm-hmm. All right. So get over it. Yeah, so after immediately after the CG cutscene, we get that uh, mysterious cutscene in the... Um, the Dark Margin. Yes. Another direct callback to uh, the secret movies from Kingdom Hearts 1, where someone yes, this one. walks out of a rock, and then someone's sitting on a rock, and then they have a very vague conversation. <laughs> but, um... Yep. Yeah, we get um a quick back and forth... Of I've been to see him. He looks a lot like you. Blah 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 blah. Like you. And then the other character, we don't hear their voice. We just get a uh, text or subtitles. So hmm, yep. who could this be? And then we get a clip show. <laughs> Boy, does this game just love to just keep teasing you. Like how many false starts have we had now? <laughs> this ain't the first it ain't gonna be the last yeah so we basically go through a quick recap of all the destiny islands cutscenes from the first game except they're all glitchy and it keeps cutting out anytime sora is about to say Kyrie. this uh starts trends of how many times can we reuse Kingdom Hearts cutscenes in every other game in this series? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are really, uh, really using every part of the buffalo with KH1. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gotta get our money's worth, man. What can I say? Yeah, after that, we finally cut to the quote-unquote real world of a sleepy Roxas in his, his, his little star-themed pajamas. And uh, we get a, a vague allusion to uh, uh, another dream about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we find out we are in good old Twilight Town with a logo reveal yeah, and everything. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is this? Where are we? What's going on? Where's Sora? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Exactly. So, uh, this is... I'm trying to look at this, especially this intro part, especially this, this Roxas section as... I'm trying to limit my mind running amok to future events and future games and trying to stay kind of in the moment for at least the Roxas section. Yeah. Coming off That's fair. calm. And also trying to remember, like, remembering back when we first played this, we did not play calm and being, and literally, it was what we just talked about for the past 10 minutes. Who is this kid? Mm-hmm. This isn't Sora. And yeah, coming off calm, like, just being like, oh, oh shit, oh shit, it's Twilight Town. We're here. Yeah. After. Yeah, like, I mean, you do know that the much. The bits we have in Twilight Town and Recom aren't, they're, I mean, they're story bits, but the, there's no character here. There's no... Mm-hmm. The town was devoid of life, literally. But now, now we have people. Yeah. So, I, I mentioned a few times, but yeah, I, I like read a recap of Com and watched what cutscenes I could find before Cage 2, so I, I did know what was going on. Yeah, this man was educated. Everybody else was not, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be curious to hear more about what you were thinking 
as you were playing through these opening hours for the very first time. Oh yeah, I could tell you like who I mean, we just talked about it. It was just like the this isn't Sora, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was younger and playing through this well also I, I had it revealed to me that like you you eventually become Sora. So I thought Roxas was like uh, uh, Sora in the witness protection program. Um, uh, I've been like, I mean, to be fair, last time we saw Sora, he was put in a pod. So I thought, I mean, uh, welcome to the M. Night Shyamalan. Every, uh, it was all a dream. Plot twist. But, okay. Yeah. And go, going into it, I was like, oh, maybe this is just some sort of, it's a dream within a dream, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, it's really, maybe it's really Inception and not Shyamalan, but... I digress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a totally fan or fair theory. But I suppose we'll just have to wait and see. So, mm-hmm. we meet the gang at the usual spots, and more new character alerts. We get Hainer, Pence, yeah. Olette, and yeah, as I was just playing through, like, I have to wonder, like, why are these original characters and not Final Fantasy characters? Yes, I wanted to. To bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, why did we need original characters here? And I, so my, my theory, and I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, is just that, like, we know, like, Sora, on the islands, we have Sora, Kairi, Riku, and then Titus, Waka, and Selfie. Yep. My initial thoughts going into this was that we have three original characters, uh, and also in the, in the, like, in this cutscene, they mentioned that, basically, there's a thief going around, and that they've been kind of framed. I think, and, and I mean, they are the underdogs of Twilight Town, basically. So yes. I always thought it as, like, if these characters have sort of a pre, you know, a preconceived notion about them, you could be like, oh, that's, I mean, I'm just going to use, I'm going to just use, say Titus Walker and Selfie as in this instance of like, oh, I, I may, oh, I know this character from a Final Fantasy. There's, all, there's already this established knowledge, even though they're in something separate. Whereas I think with three original characters, you kind of get to do start fresh, literally just like Roxas is right now. Yeah, and they um they're definitely much closer to Roxas than any of the Final Fantasy characters are. So it's like you can, I guess you have more liberty with them to like make them more important to the story. But yeah, mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting. We get a quick little subplot of oh no, like we're we're basically just thrown into it, right? Of like oh no, yeah. all are are gone. Wait. Wait. Are gone? Not just are, but the word, too. <laughs> so, just right off the bat, it's like, what What the hell is happening here? Yeah, this, so, this, this, this took me out of the moment. I remember I was like, oh, I'm trying to approach this from, like, uh, from a smaller or, like, a younger mindset. I, that immediately, I was like, my head started spilling out into the other games, and I'm like, "Cause I don't this something like this. I don't think don't doesn't really come up ever again." So I'm like, "Why is this like it is? Why are we here?" Yeah, I still don't understand Why? what's happening here, really. <laughs> but um, this was a this cutscene was very ripe for parody <laughs> back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another thing before the game came out, there was this trend on YouTube of taking the Japanese cutscenes and replacing them, like writing subtitles that were funny. And it was like this whole subgenre of Kingdom Hearts 2 parody, and it was it was cringe. But I was there for it. <laughs> Everything is cringe, baby. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we we've got our objective. It's we gotta f- clear our name, and Roxas and Hayner have a feeling that Cipher, that that no good Cipher, he's going around telling everyone where the thieves, and Hayner's like super upset about it, and it's like, all right, are you gonna be okay? Like, like calm down. <laughs> it's not the biggest thing. He's not gonna be okay. Didn't you hear? All of our are gone. <laughs> so yeah, interesting. Uh, cast of characters here in terms of the voice actors. So Hayner, I, I don't know. I'm sure he's played a few familiar characters. But Pence, I forget his name, but I know him mostly from uh, Ultimate Spider-Man on PlayStation 2, which is a very underrated Spider-Man game. But uh, yeah, he, he voiced Spider-Man in that, which was like just like kind of jarring for me, because that came out 2005, and Kingdom Hearts 2 was 2006, so like... Obviously, he's, like, the main character in that game, and now he's, like, in this really small part here. And I was like, wait a minute, it, 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 it's, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> he was also mm-hmm. in the movie 13 going on 30. He was young Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> oh, he, he was, this is young. Okay, here's the thing. You, I'm like, I, so I looked up Sean Marquette, and I was like, yes, I don't think I really recognize anything he's been. The minute you said young Mark Ruffalo in 13 going on 30, <laughs> I just had a damn conniption in my chair. So I'm going to go now. Yeah. But like, oh, oh my God. He's a very distinct voice. And then, uh... Um, damn. Oh, oh. And then Olette. I only know her from... She was the, uh... The host of Meguzi on Cartoon Network. <laughs> <gasps> the little... The girl with all the monsters. Yep. The, like, little submarine thing. Oh my God. Thing. That, uh, let's see, what even aired on that? Like, Code Lyoko. It was like Toonami, but not Toonami. Like, Code Lyoko. It replaced Toonami eventually, at, at, like, at the time. Yeah. And then Toonami rizzed from its ashes, so, like, Toonami maybe. Yeah, like, it would play but, at, like, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. like, 4 to 6 or 5 to 7 on Cartoon Network on weekdays. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she was, like, the little girl. So, and then that like came out right around the same time. So it's like, oh, that voice sounds familiar. So that's what I know from them. I guess we should mention Roxas. Classic case of, ugh, I don't want this pop star in my anime game. <laughs> oh boy. He is, of course, played by Jesse McCartney of a beautiful soul yeah. fame. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's funny because like now he's more known for being a voice actor than a musician because like. He was popular in like the mid two thousands, and then he just faded away. But he's he's still doing voice acting. Like he's uh, he's Robin yeah, slash crazy. Nightwing in Young Justice. That's probably it, yes, he is. Ugh. Well, I, you had mentioned recently you're watching Young Justice. So when we started to play this, I was like, I was like, I just like without even looking up, I was like, oh yeah, Jesse McCartney was Nightwing. Yeah, like, this is like probably two weeks ago, just like in my head randomly as we started playing. Yeah, so he's oh. he's got a role in that, and obviously he's still in Kingdom Hearts games. So yeah, he's he's still around, and he's really good at it. He does a good job, for sure. Oh. So, yeah, after we decide to head out, Scooby Gang, uh, Roxas has a quick, oh no, my blood sugar is low. <laughs> and he faints. <laughs> we get a mysterious voice who mentions that his heart is returning. So... Just a lot of mysterious mysteries happening now where it's like, what? It's like just all very surreal. It's like Twin Peaks. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Just do like a smash cut of characters exclaiming, what's going on? Let's see, we're about 20 minutes in. 
And we can finally play the game! Yay! By playing the game, I mean a very step-by-step, uh, slow tutorials. <laughs> yep. I was trying to compare this to Sora's Station of Awakening. Uh, where I'm not even going to consider Recom's uh, tutorials. We don't talk about those anymore. Yeah. We're done with Recom. Yeah. Um, but compared to those, I, this I feel like is a bit more engaging as opposed to here is this blank canvas of walk around, interact. So Yeah, it at least has the context of let's go around town and talk to the townsfolk. Yeah. it's it, I mean, it's, 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 it's weaved in. I think that's my big thing as opposed to like there's some Assassin's Creed sticks out to me in terms of like oh god a, like a basic your basic movement tutorial of just being in like the white space of the Anos and being like alright walk mm-hmm. okay now run okay now do this yep okay cool you can play the game yep so I do appreciate the story aspect of like go here go here go here and we talk to we, we, I guess we, we do, they're, they're all shops literally we go to the item shop, and we learn how to interact with people. We go to the accessory shop, and then we go to Gram- Grandma's candy shop, and learning how to interact, look around with the camera, lock on, things like that. Also, the item guy. I mean, mind you, like you know, the con- the story context is, hey, we got to clear our names. The item guy is like, yeah, just immediately shade at Roxas. Yeah. He's like, hmm, Roxas. I can't believe he's like, it's not me. He's like. Uh, you are my favorite customer. Yep. <laughs> Rock's like, I'll still pay you money, you idiot. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's kind of weird how like quickly the whole like thief thing is brushed off. Because yeah, it's like right from the get go, like you're made to believe, like, oh no, ever no one believes Roxas, and it's like this whole thing, but then it doesn't come up again. So yeah, it, it's weird how exactly. like hard he comes for Roxas, and it's like okay, like chill out, dude. I am, I am literally. At the part in Roxas' thing now where he's like, my favorite customer, Roxas! Yeah. And I was like, dude, like three days ago, you wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah. Ugh, <laughs> such a poser. But, um, yeah, just go around from storefront to storefront, learn how to lock on and talk to people and whatnot. Yep. We head on over to the Sandlot, except not that one, and we meet the, uh, the quote-unquote Twilight Town Disciplinary Committee, which is made of Cypher... Rai, or Raijin, Fujin, and Vivi. So these are all Final Fantasy characters, so I guess we should talk about that. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, uh, it's Vivi. Because also we recently talked about Nine, you recently played Nine. Yep. Uh, the rest are characters, but you know what? Vivi's here, and Vivi makes everything better. Look at him. Yeah, most importantly, Look at it's him. Vivi. Yeah, precious boy. Yeah. Fortunately, he doesn't have much to say or do. He's kind of he yeah. I mean, literally the odd man out because yeah, um, well because Cipher, Cipher, Rai, and Fu, I mean, full names Fujin Raijin, they're all from Eight. Okay. And v- Vivi's like, hi, am I in the wrong game? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about more talk more about Vivi next episode. But yeah, for now oh, he's yeah. just here being adorable. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the rest of them are from eight. And so are they all Correct. party members in eight? They are not. They are okay. they're your rivals in eight. So it's very funny because so Cypher and Squall uh, I mean, because we're in Kingdom Hearts, Leon mm-hmm. have a bitter rivalry. Yes. But spoiler alerts. These guys live in Twilight Town and will never interact with Leon. Yeah. So when I was younger, I felt this was such, oh, yeah, such a missed opportunity. And he's he's much younger than Leon too, so it's just like kind of weird. 
Yeah, like Leon is space. Leon is basically a post FF, like a post FF8 squall. In, in yeah, yeah, because they're like in they're in high school in that game, right? Yeah, they literally go to a to a basically a a, a My Hero Academia yeah. like a combat <laughs> high school. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's confusing like how everyone got shuffled around, but um, yeah, this whole um disciplinary committee thing like is that a direct reference to Final Fantasy VIII? Because it it does not. That is a direct reference to VIII. Okay, because it doesn't make sense on its own. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So I guess a little bit about Cipher. One, he is he's your he's your main rival character that you see throughout eight. The opening of eight is him. So the the bit is that in all in all of Balam Garden is like the FF8 combat school. I'll call it. Um, in the end, Squall and Cipher are the only two students who specialize in Gunblade, and oh. they start out doing having a duel at the start of the game. It's like you know we just I mean we just watched the intro cutscene to Kingdom Hearts. It's our CG intro to uh, eight, and they literally in that initial battle scar each other across the face. Oh. Like, literally, like, you know, here's your parallel on a silver platter. Yeah. What more do you want? He um, left his mark on me, and I on him. <laughs> correct. So, and so, yeah, Cypher, Rai, and Fu are part of the Balam Garden. Dis- it just, yeah, the Balam Garden Disciplinary Committee. It just means they're the bullies. Uh, but also, their dynamic is basically here. Of Cypher does all the talking and all the thinking. Okay. They're just... The Jesse and James, they're they're the lackeys that are just there. Gotcha. Yeah, and they have their same their same uh, their voice ticks as well. Mind yeah. you, eight wasn't voiced, but their text boxes, yeah. yeah. Because uh, Fu is is very literally very one word statement. Raijin says, "You know, you know, too many times to count." Oh, and then oh, we get we get the greatest video game diss of all time. Oh, I forget the exact line, but. He calls lamers. Yes, he calls the gang lamers, and to this day, yep. that is a very regular uh, insult in my vocabulary. <laughs> oh! That was undeniable proof that we totally owned you, lamers. Owned you, lamers. So yeah, we're uh, those are fighting words. So if it's a fight you want, it's a fight you'll get. So mm-hmm. it's time to square up, and by square up, it means pick yeah. your uh, colorful foam. Weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is like a very light version of choosing your weapon from Kingdom Hearts 1, where you got a club, and then a little wand, and then, um, I guess it's like a hand guard? It's kind of confusing, but it's like the defensive they... one. So I had to look up the official name for it. It is a, called a hammer, but it is not it just, an actual. Yeah, no, hammer. it looks nothing it's like, like a hammer. It's like it's it's a it's almost like like a little short sword, basically. Like yeah, it's not the, the it's it's almost the club, but a little bit smaller. Yeah, uh, and like a handguard. So exactly. it's called the struggle hammer. So hammer yep. it is, Doctor Boy. So it again, yeah, it's like mirroring the choice from Cage One, but like this this choice is so inconsequential because whatever one you pick will just give you plus one in that category. So plus one magic for the club, plus or sorry, plus one magic for the wand, plus one attack for the club, plus one defense for the whatever. But Try like <laughs> this is gonna have no effect long term because your stats you're gonna have Correct. so many stat boosts by then. So like pick whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I picked the wand because it looked weird. Of course, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm Shield Boy for life now at this point, so I did pick the hammer. Nice. But as a kid, this was uh, this was the the easiest but also most complicated choice because I knew 
of KH1's choices. Exactly. I mean, like, it makes me think. In my head, think... I was like, club, right? Just like, yeah. just the sword option. But I was like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, this one doesn't really matter too much. So Yeah. So pick whatever you want, wow. and you get it. And that's fight time. And by fight time, I mean all the other characters just stand in one place and look at each other while you and Cypher actually fight. <laughs> Neil, loser. Neil, loser. So, yeah, we got a little tutorial fight here. Much like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, beating up the kids on the beach in Kingdom Hearts 1. And, yeah, it's it's interesting. So, I mean, it's basically an intro to KH2's combat system, which is quite different from KH1's, although not, not nearly as noticeable this early in the game because your moves are really limited, but you can definitely feel the difference. Mm-hmm. So Cypher mostly blocks... So, like, he, he'll he clank any of your attacks, so you just got to find the right opening and then watch out for any time he does go for a hit. So I just keep my distance and then try to get behind him because he can't block from behind. Mm-hmm. And then, like, bait out his attacks and catch him during his end lag. And um, I found that being in the air helps a lot because uh, you're, you're more mobile in the air. Yeah. And, like, your attacks come out quicker in the air. So, like, I would jump, get off two hits, land, kind of run out of range a bit and then kind of rinse repeat so yeah i mean it's a tutorial fight exactly yeah uh this is the start of our little pop-ups so we kind of got them in kh1 but they're really here's where they start to really i mean this is the staple and they go forward in the series of like here's a colorful pop-up that'll tell it like give you some uh an objective kind of oh the like information bar yeah like info box yeah and it'll also give you little tips and things so it, yep. it literally goes over what you just said of like watch out for uh, guards and counterattacks. Um, don't be afraid to run or, like run around uh, the enemy to get behind them. Stuff yep. like that. Yeah, and then uh, looks like he's got some nods to Final Fantasy VIII and like his moves and little dialogue and whatnot. Oh yeah, his his, his combat stance is the same thing. He like uh, I, I now that I think about, it, I can't think of Squall's fighting stance, but. Cypher is, of course, an enemy character you encounter a lot, so he's he always has, like, one arm outstretched with his gun blade. That's mimicked here, obviously. Nice. And then he has his one jump and thrust move where he screams, Isn't this romantic? <laughs> Which, to this day, people are like, What the hell? And the other thing I could scrounge up, because I had to kind of revisit this as well, is... In 8, Cypher has this whole idea of becoming a sorceress's knight, like, basically becoming kind of like a Sid from 14, not Sid, Kane from 14, like, becoming like this, almost like, you know, Jamie Lannister, if you watch Game of Thrones, like, head of the, the King's Guard essential mm-hmm. character, and he got that idea and that dream that he holds very dear, near dear to his heart from a romance movie he watched when he was younger. That's oh, like okay. the only thread I could ever connect huh. to this. No, yeah, that's interesting. Other than that, it's a man jumping in the air and then thrusting vigorously at you, screaming his hand. Yeah, not really, no. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you beat him and he gives off this really satisfying grunt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. But then, after we do totally own him, do they, um... Yeah, then the uh, the real thief shows up. Which is this weird white... Yeah, Pence goes to take a little photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, he 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 uh, sizes him up and then takes the camera. So it's like, ah, oh, he must be the real culprit. So, 
Roxas chases him into the woods, and if you know where you're going, he'll just run straight to the entrance. Otherwise, he takes just the most roundabout route through, just like shimming through all the trees. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't take a straight line through. He kind of like... I will always run direct. This time I did kind of follow the, the enemy's pattern just because I could, but yeah. You, you just walk through the other edge of the forest. Yeah. He's like, take. he's taking the long way, taking the side route. Roxas is like, alright, I guess I'm just gonna wait for you at the, like the, <laughs> the end. He's like sipping a cup of tea and he's like, where, the, where, where is he at? Where, what's going on? Yeah, and this, um... This was one of the cut scenes in the very first trailer of Roxas chasing the nobody through, um, I forget the name, but it's the, the like, hill area right before the, uh, the station. Is it Station Heights? Station Heights, I think, is the area. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, like, basically, Roxas is running uphill, and yeah, he's chasing after nobody, and it's, like, flying all over the walls and stuff, and it's like, what's happening? And, yeah. But, Mm. anyways... We corner it against, or up against the uh, the gates to the mysterious mansion. Hmm, does this look familiar? Yeah. And then oh. the creature unzips its mouth, which, real quick, just want to shout out that uh, the, the pattern of the zipper for the nobodies is very, it's the same exact pattern that you see on Roxas's uh, vest of, like, the black and white, like, checker checkers pattern oh yeah it's very noticeable like when it first unzips it because they're like still kind of lined up where it is kind of like the checker of like true yes now that yeah. now like i, I like have that image and also right before yeah. that it's like it fades to black and says yes come for you my leech my leech as a kid i was like what yeah no it's weird because it's not one of those things where that never happens again <laughs> Exactly. Like, wait, exactly. nobody's can talk? What? <laughs> but um, it's fighting time. By fighting time, we mean it's, uh, let's see, the the dusk has, uh, what is it, no clip turned on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, our, uh, our, sh- our, uh, our poor foam weapons don't work against an actual villain. Yeah, no Crazy. collision detection. <laughs> uh, game broken. Yeah. But, um... It's a digitized keyblade. What is this? A giant key? In my Kingdom Hearts game? <laughs> yeah. So Rox is like, well, this is weird, but eh, this is about the fourth strangest thing that's happened today. So I'll just roll with it at this point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, now we can fight. Yeah. I mean, it's just one little nobody. So not too tough. Same sort of approach here where... Uh, I'm only going into detail on these early fights just because your stats are so low and they're like the tutorial fights. So, like, you're somewhat vulnerable and I am playing on critical Mm -hmm. mode. So, um, yeah, for here, for, like, all the nobodies at this point, honestly, uh, my go-to is, again, jump, do the two hits, and then jump two hits. Because, like, the... Well, the Dusks, specifically is their name, uh, they stagger really easily. So just jumping and getting those two hits off, like, you'll just get them in a loop or you can just... You can take them out in, um... Well, I chose magic, so maybe you can get them in less. But I, um... You, you can get them in eight hits. So, yep, just rinse, repeat, and you'll take them out. Well, we, we're gonna fight a lot of these, uh... Spoiler, they're called Dusks. Um, in a Roxas tutorial. My my tried and true, uh, at this point, what? 16, 15 year tradition is just... One, two, reversal, 
one two reversal. Yep. What? Uh, one two. So, uh, little dance. Four four little half combos, and then a fifth full three at combo will be always be enough to take out a dusk. So yeah. That's a, it's a tried and true strategy. <laughs> little old me came up with. Just, I've just always defaulted to that for at least the Roxas section. Yeah. Uh, totally. For all these years. Uh, also, uh, speaking of. Yeah. Uh, reversal. Well, we we've talked to people using triangle, but now we have reaction commands in battle. <laughs> All right, these little puppies are gonna change the game. Oh, for sure. So yeah, we beat him, and he explodes into a pile of, of photos, and we go back to the usual place to investigate. And the gang realizes, wait a minute, I look fat in these. <laughs> now it's. Hey, you said fat! That's the word we were missing! <laughs> oh, yeah, that the word they were missing was photos. Correct. But, yeah, they realize all of the photos are of Roxas. Hmm, how peculiar. Do you think the thief was trying to take the real Roxas? This line sticks out to me. Who would want a bonehead like yeah. Roxas <laughs> lives in my head right free? Yeah, no, they're always roasting each other. <laughs> As true friends do. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they have their little, you jerk. <laughs> I think it's this day or maybe it's day two. But then it's like, there's just like a lot of weird shots after that where then the gang leaves and then it cuts to like Roxas staring at the wall and then it like fades out <laughs> and then it cuts to Roxas walking out and then it cuts to Roxas in the alleyway walking and it's just like, wh- hmm. why are we seeing all these extra shots? Just like cut to the next scene. Like we, we, nothing of significance happens here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might be day two, but okay. I, you're not wrong in that there are these very awkward, <laughs> weirdly cut cutscenes. Yeah, like it, it's not like they're like the camera shifting to like show something important or like it's like adding to the mood. It's just like oh, like the camera's still layering on Roxas for some reason. But um, exactly. Yeah, it cuts back to uh, this mysterious, I guess, uh, computer room where we see good old mm. Diz from Com uh, in front yeah, of. Yeah, he back. He's got the the ultimate work from home setup. Exactly, man's got seven screens. All right, he is <laughs> chilling, battle station, if you will. Yeah, and he's with a mysterious black coat. Yeah, they're basically talking about. Um, I don't know. What do they even talk about in this first one? It all kind of blurs to me. <laughs> um, this one is mainly talking about... We can tell from their talk that they, are, they seem to be observing. Yes. A probably for probably because, probably because of Roxas, but like, who really knows? Uh, but Diz does make the remark that uh, Nominee must get to work. Yep. She's work, like, should, so Nominee... One, hey, that's her first nominee drop. Hi, she's, she's she's still around. Yeah, um, but he Diz mentions like she nominee needs to sort of uh, get out of. She's not in a funk. I'm like I'm I'm explaining it in the worst way possible. But he's like nominee must hurry with her work. Like very much like she is working on something. <coughs> Sora, yeah, uh, and should. Well, we even see. Um, I think you see his computer. There's like a little PNG of Sora's head. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we find out that restoration is now at twelve percent, uh, longest software update ever. <laughs> and uh, next, we're treated to a clip show of all the Traverse Town cutscenes. Yeah, and then we cut back to Roxas, and 
I guess we forgot to mention, but uh, the start of the last day, we get like, like it'll say uh, the first day, and now it says the second day, so it's like tracking the days, and you're like, okay, this is ominous. Mm-hmm. And then Roxas is uh, dreaming about this weird keyblade device, and he can't stop thinking about it. So he picks up a stick to try to mimic it, and he's like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. I need, a, <laughs> I need to make better life choices. Exactly. He he just throws, he throws it behind him, and all of a sudden it uh, it hits the large peck of a black coat. Presumably the same black coat that was with Diz. Mm-hmm. They had the same body shape. But also, I thought this scene always, again, this scene always, always sticks out to me, because this, when the stick hitting off the black coat, there is no sound. <laughs> like, those men, that man got some pecs. I'm not sure if it's just, it's just the way the coat's cut, but, but man's been working out, and I feel like that, that, that stick should be hidden off steel, mm-hmm. but uh, even so, it just kind of beep, falls to the ground. He's like, oh, sorry and he just black coat just walks away he was like you know what i was gonna tell you everything you need to know he's like he's the morpheus like i was gonna tell you everything neil but you know what you're rude so bye yeah and i love how roxas doesn't question this clearly shady (laughs) character like that's fine (laughs) yeah but this stick now this is this is the news story (laughs) so he goes back to the usual spot and meets the gang and it's ice cream time, baby. It's always ice cream time in Twilight Town. With a side of, uh, why are we here? Will we always be friends? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so wild. Yeah. Which gets a little crazy when we get to, to the end of Roxas' segment. But the kids are just eating ice cream being like, hey, why are we here? <laughs> It starts kind of like very big break, but then it goes down to like, and you learn they're on their summer vacation. So like, we got to make the most of what's left of summer. Yep. So Hayner suggests it's a beach episode, baby. Let's go to the beach. We haven't been all vacation, even though there's only five days left until school. Talk about last minute, bro. (laughs) But beaches don't grow on trees, so... Uh, you forget, I'm smart, and I had the genius idea to make money. <laughs> By doing what, Hainer? What? It's a bit of a bit of an odd job time, but not before we get distracted by the struggle tournament poster. And Roxas and Hainer swear their love for each other. Oh. <laughs> King of Hearts gives me wonderful BL. Thank you very much. <laughs> so... Just sowing the seeds for a little little tournament arc to come. But in the meantime, we also got a poster board, a bunch of help wanted ads. I guess before that, they uh, they do uh, a bunch of maths to figure out how much money they need. And they like all count how much money they have. And I love how um, they like go one at a time. And Pence is like, oh, I've got 800. Or it's like, oh, I got 1400 or something. And then Rox is like, oh, I only have 150. And then it goes to Hayner, and just like, okay, so we have our total of uh, 2,000 money, which is just the same amount of the other three. So it's like he just <laughs> casually brushes over how he has nothing. He broke! <laughs> okay, so we have uh, the total sum of your threes. I, I-, I did the math, so I wait, helped. Wait, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have to make, I think we have to get to 600 money 
for story reasons, but we need something I realized... 4,800 total. Mm-hmm. I realized this when we play when 2.5 came out, you only need to earn 50 money Yep. to actually... Do, get 50 more money than what you have, so I think Roxas would get to 200, and do at least one odd job, which most of the odd jobs you do enough, you can get 51 shot. Yep. That's all you needed to do. To, to do. Yep, and that's what I always do. So I just blow right past oh. it, because it is too annoying to have to get to 800. So I have in, like such horrid memories of, I mean, as a kid, what felt like an eternity, trying to get to... 600 money or oh, whatever, sure. basically. Yeah, it's super oh. tedious. The equivalent, the equivalent of going outside and doing chores, basically. Yeah, so, like, I get why people don't like this intro, because, yeah, it's super slow, and it's not really fun gameplay. <laughs> so, like, gameplay-wise, it's not great. Um, and, yeah, this is probably the... Yeah, this is, like, the worst day. Because, yeah, if you don't know that, you can just skip it. You're just spending, like, 20 minutes on these, like, really boring mini-games. Just mm-hmm. replaying them, like, ten times. And you're like, oh, okay, am I supposed to be having fun now? <laughs> but mini-games, they are. Why don't we just go over them real quick? So, I just did mail delivery. Because it's pretty quick. It's the quickest one. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. skateboard down the hill. And press triangle next to a bunch of NPCs. And you can get it done, like, ten seconds. So that's fine. Woohoo! Exactly. Less than 10 seconds if you just do it all in one smooth motion like it wants you to, yeah. Yeah. It's, per- it's perfect. Um, also, there are skateboards lying around Twilight Town, and there'll be skateboards throughout Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, uh, no, this was. We're um, really living in 2006. This was that weird era where a bunch of games would just have random skateboard mechanics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it has no bearing on the gameplay. It's just. Here's a skateboard if you want. <laughs> exactly. I, well, I do appreciate, at least for for now in Twilight Town, that the skateboard is just usually by the entrance you walk into one of the bigger areas. Yeah, so you can so speed you up just, a little. You do just get to kind of fast yeah. travel, basically. Yeah. But yeah, pull off some sick stunts, I guess. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, let's see. Besides that, we have Cargo Climb, which is... <sighs> Not the most annoying, but it can be if you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. So you just smack a like a wagon with a big bag in it up a hill. Uh, it'll constantly try to fall back at you. Obviously, you just, just keep pushing it up. Yep. Uh, every so often, it'll kind of hop in the air, and that's your cue to hit it, and it'll it'll get a burst of speed because physics work somehow. Um, yep. You gotta push into some dude's garage where it immediately collapses under its own weight. Yep. So perfect. Don't recommend that one. Grain standard is not bad because it's it goes as long as you want it to. I don't know the minimum score you need, but whack the ball, keep it in the air, which is pretty easy as long as you don't do the finishing hit because then that knocks it back pretty far. Then you have to chase after it. But I'm sure it's like ten or twenty hits to get like whatever money you need, so not too bad. Uh, poster duty sucks. Do not do that. <laughs> eh, this is the thing I spammed to get to. The money amount that I wanted to get to. Oh God! Purely on the basis. So you're not. So you're not wrong. Uh, I'm very in the camp of just spamming mail delivery to get what I need because it's a 10 second job. But poster duty, I realized, can mind you, it does take about a minute, but a minute to make a hundred money. And I realized saying that out loud, skateboard delivery 
get you more money in a shorter amount of time, yeah. but <laughs> I said screw it because I usually spam mail delivery to get my money. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna spam a different mini game this time. This time. Mm-hmm. So I, I did poster duty. Um, okay. It just felt good to make a hundred money, and I, mail delivery's been my strategy for many, many years. So I said, you know what? I'll I'll take a I'll take a new swing at it. Gotcha. But yeah. There are these various squares around town, or in town, the other area, which it's not Station Heights, but I forget the name, right? Tramcom. Yep. Never mind. <laughs> I completely did remember it. Um, there are, yeah, there's little squares everywhere on side of buildings and walls. You walk by them and use reaction command to slap you a poster. Sometimes there's groups of three, and you got to put up 20 posters for the struggle tournament. Yep. And then we got Bubble Buster, which is just whack a bunch of bees. With your struggle bat, pretty easy. Yeah, it's a that's a based on time, but yeah, there's just the two waves of three bee swarms, so three enemies in two waves. Um, the bees will charge at you, so watch out. Uh, this one is pretty, it's pretty not fair <laughs> to be honest. Like to get the good amount of money, you have to beat it like very very shortly, like within ten seconds. And it's probably I've never gotten under ten seconds as Roxas. So. Yeah. Not a good I just, one I for do, I do every money. mini game once just to just to say I've, I've done it, especially for for a little for a, for a potty. Gonna go through and judge them all harshly, but yeah, I don't really like you ever do Bumble Buster at all. Yep, and then we have Junk Sweep, which is same deal where it's easy, but like this early, like you're not gonna get any kind of good prize because the idea is to get the least amount of hits to knock out the junk, which. I mean, spoiler yeah. alert, all you can do is your three-hit combo, so you're going to have a pretty high hit count, so kind of pointless. Exactly, yeah. There's just like, yeah, there's a bunch of, uh, I'm trying to think there's an equivalent. Equivalent of like the barrels in to KH1 to make the best comparison. Yeah, exactly. You play KH1, not this, yeah. And Lips you want to do the least amount as opposed to time limits, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. It's unfortunately not great. So, yep. Many games. But again, just do the one, and then you can whiz past. I guess you get some bonus AP if you do get the full amounts, but again, you're going to have so many AP boosts by the end of the game. Like, just save yourself. Save yourself the time. (laughs) So I got to 1,200 AP because I wanted to get the AP2 boost. Because I've just never done it before. So I sucked it up and I did it. Just to say that that I've done it. Okay. You don't have to, though. You don't have to. So, somehow, we magically get all the money. <laughs> uh, 5,000 money! Also, the first time they say money! I think it's the only time, even. <laughs> I, th- I think to this to this day, it might be the only time. But yeah. It's the first, it's the first one. Because, <gasps> of course, like, money is spelled M-U-N-N-Y, so. Yep. It, I mean, it's, to be fair, it, it, it's just spelled differently. But just to hear them say the word money, it's just like, oh! Mm-hmm. Yep, let's go get our tickets, chumps. Except, oh, Roxas's blood sugar's low again, and he drips. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, then, oh, What's that? It's the, uh, the stick out for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the black coat shows up, and he's like, Yeah. I'll see you, I'll see you in your dreams. He just runs off. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, sir. Please unhand me. <laughs> Sir, I don't need an adult, thank you. Yeah. And then the gang doesn't know what the heck Rox is talking about. When he's like, that guy just, like, accosted me. Did you not see that? And they're like, 
and then they go to get their tickets, but oh no, the money's gone. That guy took it, but what guy? Yep. So unfortunately, we don't have the budget for a beach episode. Yeah, Rox has got swiped, so suck it up, lamers. But it's okay, because we've got ice cream. <laughs> more, again, more ice cream, baby. Yeah, so I guess it's a nice little consolation prize. But yeah, this is the cutscene where it has like 16 different shots of people leaving the usual spot. It's like, okay, what's what's happening here? And then we get our little wrap-up for the day where it cuts back to Diz and the Black Coat. And yeah, we, we get a little insight into what's going on here. So the Black Coat asked Diz, like, is it really that much effort to make a beach? And I have to wonder if that's some sort of uh, snide commentary from the actual dev team of like, yeah, do you do you realize how long it would take to model an entire new area? <laughs> like, no, Nomura, you're not getting a beach. <laughs> this, is, this is just the dev team. Like, all right, how do we shaft Nomura? Because this is, this is, this is a lot to ask of us. Yep. So, yeah, we get this idea. Well, then Diz goes on to mention something like, get rid of that money bag, like anything from there, like just not belong in the real world. So, in the real world, yeah. The cracks are starting to show. We're getting this idea that wherever Roxas is, is like a simulation, essentially, concocted by Diz. And Diz and the Black Coat are in the real world, quote unquote. So, yeah. None of this is real. Never has been. And then, and then in the conversation, they pan to, like, this, like, camera. Not camera. They pan to, like, this, like, machine above, like, a, yep. what looks like a teleporter pad, like a launch pad of some kind. Which we can assume is how this world was made or rocks was transported. We're, uh, we're still unclear as of right now, but yep, we'll find out shortly. Yeah. And then it's time for that good old clip show, baby. And this time it features all the Disney worlds from Cage One with a few little quick shots of the summons specifically. So, uh, again, I am Mushu. <laughs> mm-hmm. That part always sticks out to me uh, in this cutscene. I'm just like, yeah, very pointedly, like, here's five seconds of Mushu. <laughs> I am Mushu. So I was thinking. So this this cutscene we see Atlantica. Libus Coliseum, Agrabah, Halloween Town, uh, Monstro, Neverland, and the Hundred Acre Wood. So look, this time, looking through everything, well, one, let's point out the obvious. These are all of the Disney worlds after, not all of them, but most of the Disney worlds after Traverse Town, leading up to Hollow Bastion and Cage 1. And so I was thinking to myself, I was like, do all of these worlds appear in some degree? Yep, I was thinking Cage the same 2? thing. Mm-hmm. And the only outlier yep. is Monstro, because we go yeah. to Atlantica, OC. Most of these exist. The, so the Mushu Summon inclusion, Mushu, Mushu, Mushu Summon inclusion. My thought is that just because spoiler, Land of Dragons is a world in. Yeah, like they need to remind people, hey, in case you never summon Mushu, like he was in the first game, so they know each other. Exactly. <laughs> Um, we don't go back to Neverland, but Pete is a summon mm-hmm. at some point, so there's your there's your nod right there. Uh, we don't see any deep jungle, probably because we'll never see deep jungle again. Yep. But also Wonderland was omitted, and oh yeah, yes, that that was those are the only two that do not show up. 
So Deep Jungle, we we we've we talked about why Deep Jungle won't be back in Kingdom Hearts for licensing reasons, and Wonderland has no inclusion in KH two, but also know that it is Monstro. I mean, yeah, it was weird to me how Monstro showed up because like not only is it just Monstro, but like they specifically show Pinocchio, so it was like very like specific like. Here's just yeah. this character I, will only show up in this flashback and nowhere else in the game. Exactly. I mean, they, they do show there is a scene of like uh, Riku taunting Sora of like, or are you too cool now that you have the Keyblade? Yeah, but it's just you could have cut that out. Like, if you needed a scene of Riku exactly. being a jerk, like just show the like Twilight Town visit or the Traverse Town second visit or him exactly. taking or the ne- Keyblade. Or just Neverland in general. Yeah, we, Neverland. We, we like, Neverland. yeah, you already had that, so. That's the definitive, Riku's a jerk now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here are all the Disney worlds that you have to be excited about. We get a quick flash of Naminé doing her thing in front of the pod. Ooh, yep. so mysterious. It's all in front of the pod. Yeah. And that's another day, another dollar. So, it's time for day three, which is the final day we'll be covering in this episode. So, at the very top, we get another little nominee sighting. She's watching Roxas as he sleeps, so... Creepy! I guess that's just a thing of hers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, she's been watching this man... She's been watching another man sleep as she works, and, uh... Yeah. Yeah, she does a lot. But, uh... We cut back to the gang, and... Let's see. Roxas is trying to, to make amends and be like, Oh, maybe we can go to the beach today, and they're like... Yeah, there's, I think this is, you go to the usual spot and there's like a note from Hater being like, today's the day, we got enough money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Episode. I actually thought this was sweet because he was like, don't worry about the money. I was like, aw, he like didn't want Roxas to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, now he's somehow, I just imagine there's there's like a stand, there's like in the back alley, like just like, eh, so much money you gonna want to pay for those. Yeah, like where did the money come from he's in this case? has got that money now. Yeah. <laughs> so they, well, Roxas goes to meet them and the tra- the station, and he runs into Pence and Olette, and Olette took me shot. Yeah, <laughs> it really makes you wonder, like, what's the dynamic there? And also, like, mm. if Roxas just woke up, like, how early are they going shopping? <laughs> are the stores even open at hey, this Roxas point? Roxas is a late sleeper. Maybe. Um. <laughs> But none of that matters because Nami is like boring and she pauses the scene. <laughs> Rox is like, wait, what? <laughs> she pressed pause in the game. Yeah. And then Nami shows up mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm your number one fan. And he's like, uh, what's going on? Why did you stop reality? Uh... <laughs> she's like, I just wanted to see you. And he's like, hmm. okay. And she just waltzes away and then presses play. And then Rox is like, did you guys see that? Guys, I'm losing my mind. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> but Pence is too busy being remorseful about all the shopping trips that are in store for him. Poor boy. Poor boy. But he, uh, I forget. So I don't. I forget what drives Roxas to be like, the mansion I must go to. Because he gets stopped in the sandlot. That's where our story proceeds. He um he basically follows Nomine. Um, cause I think he says something like, oh, she's heading to the mansion or something like that. Mm. So he basically writes off Pence and Olette 
And like they even kind of pick up on it. Like they're like, okay, well, we'll we'll leave you alone, Roxas. And he's like, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. As he's already running away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. We'll see you guys there. Bye. <laughs> uh, so we run to the mansion, and then oh no, it's the creepy white monster again. He must like another no hit fight, which is annoying. But uh, the disciplinary committee is also here. Well, no, not yet, because that's um. So he goes to the mansion, then he goes to the sandlot, and that's the disciplinary committee. So he like okay. he flees the mansion because he can't fight the nobody because uh, the Keyblade mm-hmm. is is uh, not appearing. So he's like, ah! Keyblade needs to recharge. Please stand by. Yeah, exactly. So he runs away, and then he runs to the Sandlot, and he's like, "Did you guys see that? Woo, woo, what's going on?" And they're like, "What the heck's going on with you?" But then, fortunately, the Dusk does show up, so it's not like to like play it out but like it was chasing me it was right there and they're like you're crazy and like they, they actually see it <laughs> this, this kid is losing his marble this is a load of barnacles exactly and then cypher is just immediately sus and he's like whatever it is it's already gone too far <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like okay well i mean it is like a monster floating in the air so it doesn't really abide by like rules but sure, fight it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get another fight in the Sandlot. So, yeah, like all these days just kind of bleed together. It's all very samey. But Roxas goes to uh, pick up his little wandy poo or whatever weapon you chose. And then Nominee's standing on the rooftops and cheering him on. Says, Roxas, here's the Keyblade. And he's like, the what now? But it's too late. The dusk attacks him and he's... he's born again <laughs> game over yeah pretty much yeah we get a white flash and he's warped to a station of awakening uh, more specifically this first one here is called the station of serenity mm-hmm. and then we get our actual kingdom hearts one weapon choice with the dreams hey. weapons so um this one this one is more important because um it changes how much like the first game it changes how um how you level up well sorry it changes like your ability progression of like the order that you'll learn the abilities in based on your level up Mm -hmm. yes so you know do some research on that if you will but again i I don't really care so i think i i think i just chose staff again um what did you choose i'm guessing (laughs) guessing shield to stay on brand oh yes i chose uh, i chose shield so nice i just want to briefly mention i think it's interesting how it it shuffles around your abilities this time around as opposed to kh1 so kh1 because kh1 is a combination of keeping a weapon and then disposing of another weapon uh it gets kind of a, a little amphisted whereas i do like for yeah it's much more straightforward two, yeah so like some of the some of the abilities get moved around but they're set levels where every every route learns some ability. So, like, the first one I know of mm. is Magic Lock-On uh, later on. I know everyone learns Leaf Bracer, a godsend, at the same level. But sort of, like, the, okay. there's some that are, like, staples, but the in-betweens get mixed up. Like, I know the first few are mixed between Combo Boost, Experience Boost, Item Boost, Reaction Boost, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm just not worried about it, because... You know, with this game, with the bonus levels, which are set for everyone, like, you're going to get so many good abilities, like, regardless. So I'm not too fussed about when I'll get, like, the extra ones, so. Eh. Yeah, the ones that matter, you're given. Exactly. 
at the same at the, like this at the same it's one of those those landmark ones so yeah I mean for the beginning of there's like uh, I mean as I'm looking at the thing perhaps also I'm thinking of you doing it you're doing critical you're not doing a you're not doing a well, actually, no, these abilities wouldn't matter for a level one run. So what am I even saying? <laughs> yeah, just critical. Do whatever your heart desires. You'll get everything eventually at some point. Bada bing, bada Yeah, boom. exactly. Because it's not like, you know, in KH1, like you'd always get one exclusive benefit that you wouldn't get anywhere else. So like whether it's the yeah, extra MP like... for staff or the extra item slot for shield or whatever, like there's no like missable buff that you'll get if you choose one thing over the other exactly yeah so yeah just go crazy so yeah we uh get our first ability which is aerial recovery which is very handy and lets you mm-hmm. recover in the air <laughs> uh yeah this is a new to kh2 and it becomes a staple here on after so yes it's good to see aerial recovery so early on again yeah. Um, so I should mention here, when you choose critical, you actually start off with a bunch of abilities, and you get like 50 AP oh. right off the bat. Oh. So, let's see, you have... Well, you have no experience if you do want to do... Or experience zero, experience zero if you want to do a level one run. But um, you get finishing plus or finisher boost. Whichever one lets you do two finishers in a row. You get... Um, I think you get MP Hestera... So you get set up, like, very early on, like, you have options. Um, And with critical, you're powered up, but so are enemies. So, like, you do a lot of damage, but they also do a lot of damage to you. So you actually are stronger in critical mode. So you do get through fights faster. But, yeah, you have to play more defensively and avoid avoid hits because you do get hit quite hard. But you can also dish it out. So it's it's like a, a fair exchange. Okay. Yeah, we get a little awakening. It's like the first area where you actually just get like random enemies showing up. Um, so you'll fight a couple of dusks here. They'll show up in like little groups, so like two and three. Um, so when there's three of them, for me anyways, because again, critical. <laughs> uh, you got to be careful because if one snipes you, like they'll they'll take out a pretty big chunk of your health. But yeah, I always just try to smack oh, them yeah. away from each other um, to to pick off the weak ones. <laughs> We also get a few little treasure chests, so that's neat. So we get our first potion. Yep. Give you a little item tutorial. Yeah, it explains here items, kids. But uh, more importantly, quality of life improvement. You can now shortcut items. <laughs> Hell yeah. And the crowd cheered. So um, I think it defaults to X for potions. So I switched that to circle yep. right away. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you'll get a few... I think you get up to two potions here, uh, which will come in handy, because we got a boss fight coming right on up. Yep. So I pretty much every critical mode we play through, I'll always go through this and take out all the nobodies, and then I come up to the fight with the boss, and then I die, and then like, well, that was a waste of time, <laughs> so then I just run through it the next time, and yeah, that happened in this playthrough too. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's boss fight time, but instead of a giant heartless, we get a giant nobody, specifically Twilight Thorn. But uh, real interesting, real quick, in the cutscene before it appears, the camera, like, pans to behind Roxas, and there's, like, a, like, really quick shot of uh, the the black coat, or I guess a black coat, but it's, like, blink and you'll miss it, and then it turns into the Twilight Thorn. And it's like, what's... Oh. what? Who is that? What's happening? Well, 
why is that person there? Who's this strange man I've been seeing? It's a mystery. Because, like, I interpret it as, you know, this is an awakening. So it's, like, all within Roxas's heart slash no heart. But maybe maybe it is, like, a data thing that, like, Diz and the Black Coat kind of made up. What do you think? Hmm. I don't know. My, my little mind is just realizing some things. So, hmm. Yeah, like, to this day, I, I, I couldn't tell you what this uh this black coat supposed to be be head empty no thoughts not gonna worry about it (laughs) yeah it's just like one of those things where like this whole like roxas segment like there are so many just weird like quick off the cuff things where like that feels like it should be more important than it is but it's just never really brought up again (laughs) so yeah it's just like eh, i guess we'll just accept it because so much other weird stuff's happening like sure why wouldn't he appear for like one second and then turn to the Twilight Thorn. <laughs> yeah, I can vibe with it. Yeah, so yeah, we get Twilight Thorn, who's our big bad. Well, first of all, I really like the design. I like his little scarfy scarf. Very stylish. And scarfy! Look at him! <laughs> He's accessorizing. I like him. It's, uh, I will say, I mean, we know the design of nobody is from being human beings who've played this game before. But uh, it does seem almost like a natural evolution from the dusk. Like, it's not oh, yeah. too different sure. from the dusk. It's enough to be like, I mean, we're literally going from, to reference cage one, going from shadows to dark side. Exactly. There seems to be, like, an evolution. There's a theme. Of, I mean, for Heartless, it's easy. They're just shadows. But for here, like, you you feel like this is the big bad. And that's supposed to, you know, different anime villain enters the frame for whatever reason. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, boss fight. Right off the bat, he has what seems like a very cool, highly choreographed attack. And this was another one that showed up in a few trailers of, like, look how cinematic the game is. Mm-hmm. But it just boils down to keep mashing triangle to speed this up. And yeah. And, yeah, it gets really annoying because he does it a few times in this fight. And, yeah, it's literally just... It, you're just watching the cutscene, basically. There's, like, no skill or strategy. It's just press triangle when it yep. pops up. And it's, like, it's so long. So you start off with, like, the weird, kinky energy handcuffs. <laughs> and then he, like, shimmies on up to you. And then he grabs you. And then he flings you. And then you give him the big old wacky whack. And he's like, oh, yeah, hit me more. And you're like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Oh, no. And he slinks off uh, and falls off the edge. And you're like, wait a minute, where'd you go? And he pulls the station to the side, which is weird because there's like some gravity shenanigans happening. Yeah. I do like how Roxas like catches. He like uses the keyblade to like uh, mm-hmm. catch the ledge. But then, yeah, he floats yep. up into the energy ball. And it's like, ha ha ha, I can throw this. And you throw it and then it explodes. And then it falls, then you fall, and the keyblade falls, and you have to pick the keyblade out of the yeah. ground, and then you can start the fight. <laughs> how is also how is Roxas not paralyzed from this fall, please? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a huge power jump on his part, where it's, it's like a- you're pulling oh. off all these like advanced maneuvers. Like, how do you know how to do any of this right now? Like that that escalated quickly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Like, I guess to be fair, yeah, I I do like. This sequence purely of just being like, hey, kid, reaction commands are going to be a thing. But mind you, it is press triangle to win. It is just, it's a, it's a little flare, so I'll take it. Yeah. The fact that it happens more than once can be very, very yes. But I think to start off the fight, 
I think it's at least a cool intro to be like, this is what fights yeah, could for sure. be in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, but I remember every playthrough, every time Roxas slams into the floor, I like pause it to see, like, he has some crazy like frames of like making contact and then bouncing off like the hall. The hard stained glass floor, and I'm like, that's that's not good for your back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But yes, you can pull your keyblade out of the ground, and you can start the fight proper. And look, and your enemy starts stunned, so yeah, that's even more perfect. Yeah, he's tricky on critical, hence why I died. But uh, his first attack is pretty predictable. He just charges at you, so just steer clear, and then from there. You can kind of get into the attacking rhythm. So he does a lot of weird moves where he, like, spreads his body around. You just got to kind of, like, feel it out. He's a wiggly boy, I realized, <laughs> this time around. Like, it gave me Trickmaster vibes, only because Trickmaster's yeah. kind of very obtuse, heartless. Like, he literally, like, he, there's a move where he, he, does, he, like, does the worm and, like, handstands and just, like, wiggles every limb. And I'm like, yep. are, you, are you trying are to you kill okay? me? Are you just trying to be funky fresh? Like, pick one, not the other. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, mostly just use the reversal reaction commands, like abuse it, because if you don't, you're probably going to get sniped by the little baby nobodies he summons, or just like the little energy beams he sends out. So like if that reaction command's on screen, just use it, and then you'll get your window soon enough. Especially when he he starts to do like the weird, like, I don't know, he just starts floating in the air, and then like kind of like dodging from side to side and the only way you can reach him is to use the reaction command to uh fold up to that big old head of his and then get some hits off and yeah i mean that's pretty much it so like it's just like a loop of yeah like use reversal a lot hit him when he can when he does like the handstand you were just mentioning that's probably when he's most vulnerable because he doesn't really attack then mm-hmm eventually he will repeat the intro attack and it's really annoying but it should only take you yeah. two times, like two cycles, to get him down. And then I think so, yeah. Congratulations, you beat him. Except you didn't, boss. Because in the cutscene, he uh, just collapses on top of you, and then you're being sucked into the darkness. Like, oh no! Oh no! Not the darkness! Oh, it's everywhere! It's in my ears! Oh no! <laughs> He's saved by a stray hand that pulls him into the light and. This particular shot of the hand reaching a hand will come up again in the future in the series. So, just wanted to note that. But yeah, surprise, surprise, it was nominee. She saved you. Yay! Yeah, no, she... Her personality is very different in these first few cutscenes. Where she... She's, like, kind of taking charge. So she, like... Roxy's like, oh, what's going on? Who are you? And she's just like, shh. Don't speak, my prince. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so she's like shh my name is nominate that's all you need to know <laughs> and yeah does she say anything else really noteworthy in this cutscene <laughs> hmm. is this the one where the black coat shows up and yeets Roxas out or is that the next one right nominate introduces himself my name is nominate also another I can't just because we fucking played this tutorial so many times yep um, she does like give her, yeah, yeah, and the black coat's like, he can't know. Yeah. He has to know. He can't know. He does make a corridor of darkness behind him, and Roxas turns around and kind of just pans into it. Yeah. So they assume that he's, oh no, he does, no, I think he does get pushed. He gets shoved he's in. He's like, memorized. Yeah. 
mesmerized, Bucko's like, yeet! Yep. You're 100% right. Yeah. So, not really much happens there, except, yeah, Nominee introduces herself, and we just get more of a look of, like, Black Coat is, like, kind of working with Nominee, but it's kind of, like, antagonistic toward her, so it's, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, there is a, well, literally, resuming after this, uh, Roxas goes back to the usual spot. Well, he, um, like... he appears where he disappeared in the Sandlot. Oh, in, in the Sandlot first. Yep. yep. And he's, he's caught in a very compromised position where he's, like, laying down in front of the disciplinary committee. And then Hainer sees him and he's like, so it's like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hump. And he runs off. Drama. Rocks. He's like, no, wait, I can explain. <laughs> so, yeah, then we rush back to the usual spot. And, yeah, it's like this weird quasi-conflict where, like, Pence is like, so you're hanging out with those other guys today. You know, it's like... Yeah, I'm allowed to hang out with other people. <laughs> I'm allowed to see other people, Pence. Don't you judge me? Yeah, so they're, like, super jealous. And it's like, okay, like, calm down. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> so, yeah, there's uh, there's some trouble in paradise. Um, and, and then Roxas is like, because, yeah, he's like, what about the beach? Which makes me wonder, like, how much time took place if it's, like, they can't go to the beach anymore? Because, like... I just assumed this was all, like, pretty much, like, instant, where, like, he fell down and then, like, came back, like, just a few seconds or a few minutes later, like, not, like, hours. <laughs> oh. I, I, I am the, in the opposite camp. I always just assume, mm. like, Roxas is just knocked out for several hours. Well, if that was the case, yeah, I feel <laughs> like they would be more concerned. Like, we gotta get this kid to a hospital. <laughs> mm. Well, I don't know. It's, it's a disappointment. I just imagine Roxas comes... Uh, Rox just like comes to and they're all just on their phones like taking pictures of him yeah like, what's going on <laughs> Lamer. camera pans and they've drawn like faces and dicks on it on the like stuff on his face be like yeah. oh, nothing nothing <laughs> run along now Roxas yeah but also like Pence's comment of like oh so you hang out with Cypher's gang today made me think of like he's been knocked out for like the afternoon and he's just coming to yeah no it's definitely been some time has passed cause uh yeah, yeah. beach trip is officially off cause we didn't want to go without you Roxas so they're really Twins. they're really guilting him <laughs> and then he's like well what about tomorrow and then they're like can't I promised I'd be somewhere and then yeah that's some, that's some real passive aggressive shade right there <laughs> it's not even like oh don't you ref-? he's like like I made a promise to a friend tomorrow, and I'm like, Hater! Just, just tell him. I understand you're angry, but... Hmm. Yeah, and then it it cuts back to the scene of them in front of the struggle poster saying, we're gonna compete together. Like, it's literally the same exact it's scene. Promise. And it's like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. We just saw this scene, like, 30 minutes ago, if that. Like, you don't have to show this. So, like, that's my problem with this intro, is just the cutscenes just drag on for so long and they're like not actually Mm -hmm. saying anything new and it's like oh my god I get it but then you don't want to skip it because then it could lead to something important and you're like Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah that's day three we're ending on a bit of a sour note but um (gasps) yeah cuts to naturally the uh the clip show restoration's at 48% and then we get all the hollow bastion cutscenes basically and then Sora finally says Kyrie's name, so that would suggest that we're making some real progress now that he's able to acknowledge Kyrie. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, what's what are Diz and Black Code up to? Um, they do have a conversation saying, um, basically being like, nominee that cheeky girl what's she doing oh She's yes because they're like was that just like basically like a uh... oh yeah yeah was that a projection or was it yeah a... exactly yeah yeah no this is like no sneaky girl found her way into my into my machines god damn it yep <laughs> children these days they're so cool with technology so yeah nominee's a, a bit of a rebel as far as we can tell mm. so yeah character growth that's that's pretty much that <laughs> yeah three days baby yeah three days to make this potato salad <laughs> so we're gonna end it on that note we're gonna put a pin in it because you know we want to give yeah. roxas his fair due um so next episode will be the real meat of the roxas intro so we'll cover days four through i always get it mixed up is it six days or seven days it's six days, right? Mm, I want to say it's seven days, but the seven day is very short. Like, there's no story content. I think it's very, like, you get up and you jump right into it. There's no... Yeah. I guess we'll find out. We'll see you soon enough. That's next week. We'll wrap up Roxas, and then we'll we'll have sword to look forward to. So, we're almost there. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2 proper is, is within our grasp. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a good time. So, in the meantime, uh, let us know what you think about Kingdom Hearts 2 and what your thoughts are on the Roxas chapter specifically. Uh, you can email us at khbhpodcast at gmail.com. You can also do other things to support the show if you've enjoyed listening. You can rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. You can subscribe yeah. if you haven't already. And you can share with a friend. Spread the word. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. All the good stuff. Alrighty. Next week, days four through seven slash six slash six point five two three eight days over square root of pi. <laughs> so yeah, to the to the <laughs> to the usual spot and beyond. And away. Good night, everybody. <laughs>